thank you for our helper and our teacher, which is the Holy Spirit. And I thank you, Father, that I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Amen. I want to say, through the teaching on the order of the church, God would open up more and more. And we're still on the apostle. And each time that I want to stop, there's more that need to be added um, to the teaching. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to go over um, the apostle again and close it out tonight. Um, So I'm going to start off, first of all, with Jesus. Y'all know that God sent Jesus. So he was the chief apostle. He was one that was sent of God. So we know apostle is one that's sent, one that's an ambassador, one that has been given authority from the one that has sent him or her. So we know that Jesus was the chief apostle. We gave scriptures on, well, I gave scriptures on Jesus being sent by God, which was John 3, 17, John 3, 34, John 7, 29, John 17, 3, and John 17, 8. I gave all of those, but you don't have to use all of them. If I ask for one, just give me one. If I ask for two, give me two. But if I ask for all five, I want all five. But I'm not going to do that. So that's verifying that Jesus was sent of God, and he made it clear that he was sent by God. And an ambassador, an apostle, is sent with a message. So we know that an apostle is a foundation part of the ministry and we know that an apostle was part of the fivefold when jesus left the gifts to men that word men mean it's a male or female it does not mean it was left just for a male so when you look that up in ephesians 4 11 when you look that he gave um some gifts to men it's talking about male and female when you look it up in the greek it is not talking about only a male so that verifies right there tyson That is not only for the men, it was for the women as well, amen? So we see that Jesus was the chief apostle, and we understand too that with Jesus um, being sent of God, he had to be equipped by God. And we know that Jesus had a relationship with his father. So when Jesus um, was being sent, he only done things according to the pattern of God. And that's so important because when God sends someone Whatever mission it's about, it's about him. It's not about us. We're going to do what he has sent us to do. So Jesus did not go out of the will of God. First of all, you know, Jesus was raised up under his parents. He, Joseph was his father. He was a carpenter's son. Y'all know all this, but we're going to bring it all together. So he was a carpenter's son. And, you know, when Jesus um, got missing, he asked his, fa- his mother, did you not know that I was about my father's business that means I was at my father's house he was being taught and they was astound at um, Jesus his understanding and how he answered questions but guess what Jesus ministry did not begin until he got up in his 30s and he began to um, have the power of God to come upon him that was equipping him for ministry now we look at it that Jesus come from heaven so what kind of equipment does he need The word became flesh. He became flesh, just like we're flesh. And the reason why the word became flesh, because he was giving us a demonstration of how God wants things to be here on earth. He was bringing the kingdom to the earth. 
Understand that Jesus walked in the fivefold, so he know how the church should be because he walked in it. So Jesus was endued with power from on high. You go to Matthew 4, it tells about his ministry. Beginning, first of all, he got tempted of the devil. We know all of that. But then Jesus had followers. He chose disciples. We talked about this. He chose disciples. And the disciples he um, chose, they started out saying it was 12 disciples. He had many disciples. But the 12 disciples, they became apostles. We determined that in Luke chapter 6 where they became apostles. When he prayed unto the Father that night, then he named his 12 apostles. Now, the apostles are called the apostles of the lamb, which Jesus is the lamb. They're the ones that followed Jesus for that three or three and a half years he was on earth. They followed him. They were taught by him. They were um, given power um, through Jesus and authority to go out and do what Jesus had already done. So he had his 12 apostles following him. Now we determine also that it was more than um, 12 disciples. He had a lot of disciples, but he chose the ones that he wanted to be apostles. So they followed Jesus, they learned from Jesus, and then in Luke 9, it was determined that he gave them power, power and authority. He gave them the right um, to use his authority. He gave them dunamis, which is power, to go out and heal the sick and um, do cast out devils and whatever that needed to be done, they were equipped to do it. So those were the 12 apostles of the Lamb. These apostles, which was Judas um, Iscariot, this is the one that portrayed Jesus. So when Jesus told them that he was going to be with the Father, and he told them that he wanted them to go to the upper room and wait to be endued with that power. Now, let me explain. When they were in training, Jesus gave them that power while they were in training. But Jesus knew when he left, they had to um, be endued with power because he wasn't here anymore to be um, the one that would teach them. The Holy Spirit would teach them all things, but they will also have power to come upon them to be effectual witnesses. So after all of that, y'all follow me? <laughs> so after all of that, they were waiting in the upper room, but before they got endued with power, it was determined that it was 11 of them. They said, we need 12. And the one, the, the one that we need is one that was with us from the time that from the beginning on up to the time that Jesus went to be with the Father. We know they cast lots, and Mathis was the one that was chosen. So now there was right back at that 12. So we see those were the 12, what, apostles of the Lamb. Then we go to um, Ephesians 4. I um, went over that, and I'm going to go over it again. Where he, When Jesus left to be with the Father, he said that he had given gifts unto men which was apostle prophet evangelist pastor and teacher but these were called ascension gifts so this is determining that after jesus left to be with the father they were still apostles they were still prophets people are saying that those apostles and prophets were done away with but they were not done away with and the proof is in the pudding when we go to ephesians chapter 4 some people think they don't need to know all this, but you do because some people walk in ignorance and the church is not where it need to be because people are not getting sound doctrine to know how the church supposed to be. And this is why you having splits in churches. This is why you having the pastor so wore down 
trying to carry everything, and they don't have to. So we see in, in Ephesians 4, this is what he said. Verse 10, he that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens that he might fill all, fill all things. And verse 11, I went over. This is the reason why he gave the fivefold. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now, if you look at this, till we all come into the unity of the faith, that means he can need all of the fivefold till we all come into the unity of the faith. Man, that'll be Jesus' second coming. So we need the apostles and the prophets. So I did all that to prove that in those ascension gifts that was left after Jesus went to be with the Father. And I gave you um, in the scripture, um, Acts chapter 14, Paul, which he did not walk with Jesus, and Barnabas did not walk with Jesus like the uh, 12 apostles of the Lamb. Jesus already went to be with the Father, but Paul was called an apostle. And I believe it's in Acts, um, the 14th chapter, uh, talking about Paul and Barnabas 14, 14. I also gave you James, the brother of Jesus, which he was an apostle. Galatians 1, 19. Mathis, actually, um, he's part of that, uh, that ascension gift because he was, um, lots was cast after that Jesus went up. So he was with Jesus during that time. But they chose him after Jesus had went to be with the Father. Acts one twenty six. Um, also, uh, Junia and Romans sixteen seven and and Dronicus, I can't pronounce that name. Romans sixteen seven and Junia was an apostle and she was a woman. So we see these are the ones that were left as apostles when Jesus went to be with the Father. That's the word, y'all. So if somebody deny that word, something is wrong because we only go on the word of God and what the word is saying. Amen. So this is what I'm going to continue with tonight to let you understand something, how important apostles are. Some people say apostles are not important. Everybody in the body of Christ holds an, an importance in the body of Christ. But we have to learn how God have set things up in the body of Christ so we'll know how the church need to be run and if you don't understand how the church need to be run then what's going to happen we're going to have isms and schisms in the body of Christ we're going to have people trying to do stuff that they should not be doing getting in other people's lanes and know if you go on another lane you're going to get hurt right so you have to stay in your lane you have to know the position that you're supposed to be in in the body of Christ so when you look at an apostle I'm going to do this when I hold up my five fingers, the apostle is the thumb. The apostle can reach out to all the other gifts that, that Jesus had given. He, can, he or she can reach out to the prophet, can reach out to the evangelist, can reach out to the pastor and teacher. You see these four fingers here? They cannot connect with one another like the apostle can connect to all of them. Try it. Try connecting. You can't do it. That's just how important an apostle is in the body of Christ. And some people say, you know, people emphasize the apostle. This is why people emphasize the apostle. Apostle can reach all the other gifts. 
The other gifts cannot reach each other like the apostle can. Now, the pastor and teacher, they're right beside each other because you can have a pastor that teach. You can have that in the body of Christ. But guess what? The prophet can reach the apostle. The prophet can. Why? Because the foundation is laid with the apostle and the prophet. And we're going to go into that. So see, when you don't know the order of the church, people assume how things should be run in the church and people listen to those people and it causes division because the first thing that God is going to do is give the vision to that apostle because that apostle is the one that governed. I went over govern, that means commission to maintain his government in that sphere or in that region or in that realm, meaning that the apostle is going to go in and the apostle is going to make sure that that church is lining up to the pattern that Jesus left to him, which is Jesus. The doctrine that Jesus taught, if you go through the word of God, this is the way the apostles were teaching. This is what the apostles was laying. This is why after Peter's um, sermon, it said that they were fellowshipping under the apostles' doctrine. The apostles was the ones getting them ready to be disciples. The apostles, I'm going into it, is the one that trained, the ones that equipped. So when we look at govern, I want to give you another scripture. Um, Titus 1.5. I just had to find another one on that. I gave you Nehemiah chapter 2. But I want to find one in the New Testament. I was determined. Titus 1.5. It says, this is um, Paul speaking to Titus. He said, for this cause left I thee in, in Corinth. Is that it? Not Corinth. Crete. Court. Crete. That, that thou should set in order the things that are wanting and ordain elders in every city as I have appointed thee. So look at Paul. Paul was governing. He was making sure that Titus was doing what he left for him to do. That's what an apostle do. Apostle going to govern. Apostles making sure that the will of God is being done in the church. The next thing that apostle does is pioneer. Apostle is the first one there to set up. That's what pioneer means, to be the first to open or prepare. We determine that by 1 Corinthians 12, 28. 1 Corinthians 12, 28, it says, And God have set some in the church. Y'all hear that word, some. That don't mean everybody is an apostle. Some in the church, first apostles. So that means that they're the first ones to come in and prepare and lay that foundation. Okay? And then there are architects and master builders. What does architect do? An architect have the vision. The architect is the one that dropped the plan so the building can be what? Built. So we see where Paul was saying in First Corinthians, I mean in um, First Corinthians 3:10, this scripture is explained to let you know uh, who Paul said he was. He was the architect. He was the master builder. He was the one that was laying the foundation of Jesus Christ. And he said that's the foundation that should be built upon. It's the foundation that's laid. So if we lay any other foundation except the one that's already laid, y'all know that's false teaching. That's false doctrine, and you shouldn't be up under that. This is why you need to know the order of the church because you got ministries everywhere, and it shouldn't be like that. I'm gonna, we're going to get into that, too. You got everybody. You got um, ministries set up. Um, how can I say it? School of the Prophets. 
You got um, ministry set up with evangelists. You got ministry set up with school of prophets. You got um, ministry set up with teachers. They, they carrying a ministry. It don't supposed to be like that. Up under the house that's being built is the fivefold to train and to equip and prepare the ones that God would have prepared to go out and make disciples and train and equip. This is why you have to be made mature. And when you don't understand all of this, too many people are setting up too many things and they're setting it up the wrong way. And the enemy is having a field day because we're not moving like we should be according to the word. We should have three thousand five thousand disciples i mean with everybody getting trained nobody should be left behind except the ones that choose to be left behind so this is why you're in this training to know where you fit in to know what you're supposed to be doing you don't just come in and hold a seat everybody has a purpose god had every joint supplies so we can't do it by ourselves but we're coming to do it together that's why we have to work together in unity So we see, we say apostles govern, they pioneer, they're architects, they're master builders, apostle trained leaders. Let's go there. That's Acts 14, 21 through 23. And you'll find in there where leaders are being trained. You can go back in there and read that about the training of the leaders. And then another thing that a prophet does Apostle, I'm sorry. Apostles stir up and activate the gifts in people's lives. 2 Timothy 1.6. This is a, so, a short scripture, so I'll read it. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. So an apostle will stir up the gift and activate those gifts that are in people's lives. An apostle brings judgment and correction. That's 1 Corinthians 5, verse 1 through 5. 1 Corinthians 5, verse 1 through 5. And I'm going to read this one. It says, It is reported commonly that there is fornication among you, and such, and such fornications, fornication as is not so much as named among the Gentiles that one should have his father's wife. And ye are puffed up and have not rather mourned that he that have done this deed might be taken away from among you. For I verily as absent in the body, but present in the spirit have judged already. So understand, you can judge spiritually. Anything that's outside of the will of God that don't line up with scripture, you can judge. Some people say, you can't judge a person. Oh, yes, you can. You can judge a person spiritually. If they're not lining up accordingly with the scripture, it is what it is. Some people say, well, you can't say that that person ain't serving Jesus. Okay, look at their lifestyle. It's their lifestyle in in order with the scriptures. Are they still hanging out? Are they still partying out? Are they still um, fornicating? And some people say, well, church folks still fornicate. But let me tell you what the difference is. If you got a church person that's fornicating, and you go to that person in the church. This is what we're supposed to do with an apostle, just like Paul did. If it's somebody in the church that's hanging out loosely or doing things they aren't supposed to do, correction supposed to come to that individual. Now, if that individual do not want to um, handle that correction and still want to disobey the word of God, this is what Paul says. 
he said in the next verse, verse 4, he said, In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when ye are gathered together in my spirit with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, to deliver such a one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. So what Paul is saying when he's saying deliver them to Satan, that means they didn't want to give up what they were doing. They want to continue to do what they were doing. But Paul say, you cannot allow this in the church. One apple is going to spoil the whole bunch. If you let this one fornicate and get away with it, then the other one going to say it's okay to fornicate. So it began to run through the church. So it's an apostle job, not only the job of the apostle. See, if the pastor didn't handle it or if somebody fivefold did not handle it, the apostle is going to come in and bring correction, not only to the ones that should have handled it, but they're going to say this one here cannot be part of the church in this condition. This is why you have to set them aside and offer them counsel and counsel them by the scripture. That's why it's so important, y'all, that I do not take marriage lightly. I do not take the word of God lightly. I don't just put people together because they say they're saved. I don't just tell people to get divorced because they don't like each other no more. Uh -uh. We don't work it like that. We work it according to the word of God. So when you know what an apostle do, you wouldn't come at me any kind of way. You would show respect because God has given me this call. So if I say this is what we're going to do and it lines up, you should line up with it. You shouldn't be trying to figure out, well, no, we shouldn't have to do it this way. That's rebellion in the body of Christ. So the next thing this apostle is going to do is say, I cast out that spirit of a bit rebellion in this house. Because God is going to show the apostle that it's rebellion in the house. He's going to show the apostle that it's jealousy in the house. He's going to let that apostle know what's stopping the house, what's stagnating the house from moving in the direction that the house needs to be moving in, the church. So this is what an apostle does. So Paul, come up here in Corinth. Actually, Paul wasn't even there. Paul knew this by the spirit. What did I say sometime? I don't have to be in your business. I only have to be in the sound room with Athea if the spirit of the Lord say, there's something going on in that sound room. And I go to Athea and I say, what's up, Athea? What's up in here? What's going on up in here? Well, or if I go to Brother Hayes and say, Brother Hayes, how's it looking in security? Brother Hayes going to know I know something. Because this is what an apostle do, an apostle govern, an apostle pioneer. And God is going to let that apostle know if that apostle has established that church, planted that church. This is why Paul said, let's go back to these churches. Let's see how they're doing. An apostle is going to check on those churches that he or she have planted to make sure that they are governed the right way, to make sure that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. So the next thing is, An apostle will sacrificially suffer for the church. An apostle will sacrificially suffer for the church. And when you read 2 Corinthians 6, 3 through verse 10, you will see the things that Paul suffered dealing with the church. So when you get a chance, read that. And it's going to tell you how an apostle go through Suffering when it comes to the church. Now, another thing that an apostle does, an apostle prays for the body of Christ. And I'm going to give you scriptures on that. 
An apostle will pray for the body of Christ. And the reason why the apostle pray for the body of Christ is because there's things that could be lacking in that body that um, the apostle began to pray about. Go with me to Ephesians 1, 17 through 23, and I'll read some of it to let you know. This was Paul, the apostle, praying for the church of Ephesus. He said that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. So evidently, Paul is seeing stuff going on in this church that they needed to know the revelation of Jesus Christ. They needed to know, um, you know, that their eyes of their understanding could be enlightened. So when you read through that prayer, you're seeing why Paul prayed for them, because God is going to allow apostle to see what's lacking in the church. And that apostle is going to begin to pray concerning that church. If you go to Ephesians 3, that's another prayer. Philippians 1 and Colossians 1. That's another prayer that Paul began to pray. Let's look at what he prayed for the Philippians. Philippians 1, 9. This is what he was praying. And this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment, that ye may approve things that are excellent, that ye may be sincere and without offense to the day of Christ, being filled with the fruit of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of God. So this was the prayer that Paul had for the Philippians church. He also had one for in the book of Colossians, um, praying for them. And that's in Colossians beginning at chapter 1, verse 9, and down to verse 12. So we see that an apostle will pray for um, the church with the different things that the church may be going through. And as that apostle will begin to pray, guess what? God is going to enlighten that apostle and say, this is what need to be done inside of that church to get that church back into alignment with the way that God would have it to be. Now, another thing with an apostle, I'm going to give you a few more. An apostle will walk in humility. An apostle will walk in humility. An apostle is not going to look at themselves, he or she, they're not going to, don't suppose to see themselves better than you. Meaning they're not going to tell you to do something that they will not do themselves. If you ever find someone like an apostle that's stuck on themselves, that's trying to rule people, instead of um, walking in humility and showing the love of God, they're in the wrong position because that's not how their attitude is supposed to be. They're supposed to have an attitude of gratitude, and they're supposed to have an attitude of humility. So just like I was telling y'all before, God had me to wash some people's feet Feet now. I'm like, okay, God, some of them that long. But I had to wash her. And I didn't understand it then. Maybe that's why they gave me a husband with size 14 first. So, you know, but think about you, Manny. I had to get me a big one if it was for Manny. But God was letting me know, this is showing humility. I'm showing you that you got to be the first partaker of this. So people that walk in dealing with the apostle, one thing I want you to know, too, with an apostle, let me give you the rest. Apostles um, move the other gifts forward. I went over that. And apostles are not satisfied with the way things are, but burn with a greater vision for the church. If y'all know me, when I get dissatisfied, ask uh, the administrator over there. 
when I'm dissatisfied, he knows it. Because you have that burning on the inside of you. No, we can't be left like this. No, this is not how it's supposed to be. So this is what an apostle does. They are spiritual parents birthing of the leaders. They always want the people in the body of Christ to grow. They don't like stagnation. They always saying, well, Lord, what's going on in the church? Why is there no growth? Why are people not in the place that they need to be in? So it's like a burden, a weight that an apostle will carry because they're seeing people being in the ministry so long and haven't moved. So that's something that an apostle carry. And we know that apostle plant churches. So we have to understand this too with an apostle. Now, if God have uh, allowed me to plant churches, those are the churches that I will come in and make sure that they're set up accordingly. But if I did not plant those churches, I have to get permission from the one that would allow me to come in to help them to bring order to that church because they may not have an apostle to do that, but they need structure in that church. The problem today, y'all, is people do not understand the role of an apostle. They're thinking they don't need apostle. They need a bishop. A bishop is a pastor is an overseer, but they made a bishop as a big dog. They're looking at a bishop like when you play them little board games. Ain't the bishop the big dog, y'all? So they look at it like that, but they got to look at the order which God has brought to the body of Christ. It is so many churches out of order, they don't see that they're out of order because they won't let the apostle or the prophet in to set that foundation to get the church in order because they're afraid that they're going to lose members. But it ain't about losing members, it's about quipping the church. We're in a spiritual battle. So if you don't get the church quit for the spiritual battle, they're just doing what the world does. This is why you see churches with having people not saved, singing on the choir, deacons not saved, getting drunk, and coming in here trying to tell the pastor what to do. Out of order. Doors already shut. God can't come in on that mess. And when people don't know the difference, they think this is how it's supposed to be. That's not how it's supposed to be. Now, another thing I want to share with you dealing with an apostle. Remember I told you that an apostle um, can reach out to all the other um, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. They can move those forward, right, in the body of Christ. Understand this. You just don't get called an apostle overnight. You have to be mature in order to get to be an apostle, meaning that God would have you to walk in these other gifts to put you where he wants you to be as an apostle. So this is why an apostle can move forward all the other ones because the apostle has already walked in the other callings, in the other gifts. You cannot say you an apostle and have never walked in all the calls. God don't do things out of order like that. One day you can't say, oh, I'm a prophet today and tomorrow I'm going to be an apostle. It don't work like that because God got to mature you in the area that you're in in order for you to be an apostle to go in there and lay the foundation because you got to know what the pastor do. You got to know what the evangelist do. You got to know what the teacher does. You got to know, which one did I miss? Prophet. You got to know all of these. And then once you get mature in those, then you can move up to apostle. I'm going to give you scripture on that. Apostle Paul is a good one. Now, 1 Timothy 2, 7. 
This is Paul. Paul said, whereunto I'm ordained a preacher and an apostle, I speak the truth in Christ and lie not a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and verity. So here Paul was proclaiming the good news. He was being a teacher, also an apostle. Give you another one. 2 Timothy 1.11. The first one was 1 Timothy 2.7. The next one is 2 Timothy 1.11. He said, whereunto I'm appointed a preacher, apostle, and teacher of the Gentiles. That's another one. Then we look at prophet and teacher together. Acts 13.1. And that's going to tell you about the prophet and the teacher in Acts 13.1. And also we know that Paul was an evangelist because he went around evangelizing. He went around giving the good news and people were saved through Paul evangelizing. Paul was also a pastor because Paul really loved people. And I'm going to go back and get scriptures on that. But everywhere you look with Paul, you know that he was an evangelist, that he was bringing the good news concerning Jesus Christ. So understand that an apostle can walk in all five, apostle, prophet, um, pastor, teacher, evangelist. They have to be matured in those areas before they get to an apostle. Nobody just don't pop up and say, I'm an apostle, and have never been mature in those other areas. So all of this that I have given you with an apostle would let you know a genuine apostle. You will be able to recognize. Now, some other people may have some of these functions, but that does not mean that they are an apostle. An apostle is a call of God. And I'm telling everybody in the room, wait on your ministry. Make sure you know whom you are and who you belong to. God will let you know that call. And when God lets you know that call on your life, you ain't around here proclaiming nothing to nobody. You're just lining up to his will, doing what God is requiring you to do. So going through all that, I'm going to give you a little illustration so you will know what I'm talking about. In the churches today, they are run by pastors evangelists and teachers they don't believe in the apostles and the prophets now remember now um we know that an apostle is the thumb right the one that's sent of god the apostle and the prophet they work together on the foundation so we're going to look at a building because we know every joint supply and we're going to go through all of that but i'm going to give you illustration first of all we have a roof on a house i'm going to start there to show y'all how churches are messed up you got people being a pastor, which is the roof, which is the cup, which protects, right? That, that roof is going to protect, it's going to cover, it's going to bring you that nourishment, you know, so you can be up under some covering, right? But then if you have the teacher and the um, evangelist, you know, that pastor be teaching and stuff like that, you have the evangelist that's supposed to gather. You know, they go out and they gather, and once they bring in the, um, tell them the good news, these people got to have somewhere to go. So the evangelist is directing them back to that pastor so they can be um, trained the way they need to be trained. Now, I want y'all to see this roof. You have pastor, teacher, and you have um, evangelist. But remember now, the pastors play in both roles as pastor and teacher. Remember I said they're close together. This roof is sitting on the ground because you have no foundation. It's on the ground. So it's, not, it's messed up because it's not the way that Jesus wanted. 
So you have people trying to get up under there, but the pastor is so overwhelmed because they don't have no help, so it's just on the ground. So when things happen in the church, he don't have no help, she don't have no help, so everything is in chaos. The roof is on the ground. You got to have the foundation. You got to have the structure. You got to have the ones to hold up the house. And that's an apostle. Apostle is the one that laid the foundation. Y'all, without a foundation, the house will not stand. And some people think that they can run a ministry without an apostle. You need an apostle for a ministry to run. Without the apostle, the house is on the ground. You got houses on the ground and they're thinking that they run properly and they're sinking like sand. What did the Bible say? You build it on the right foundation. When you hear my sayings and do my sayings, your house is built upon a rock. And then when the storms come, guess what? The house ain't going to be moved. But if that house is built on sand, there you go. You don't have the foundation there. And there's a problem. So this is why I say when you don't know about the order of the church, you don't be telling people differently because that's what the enemy want because he do not want the church to be run according to the pattern that God would have for the church to be run. It's too many churches out of order. It's too many people in position that shouldn't be in position that don't even know how to take care of their own house. And then they're coming in here trying to be deacons, trying to be pastors and teachers, trying to be deaconettes, trying to do everything. And their house is tore up. So this is why you have to be trained. That's the purpose of the fivefold. We work together and it's supposed to be in one house. It don't supposed to be spreading everywhere. One house supposed to have the fivefold to train, to equip, to build up the body of Christ. Why? Till we all come into maturity. We got to be united so we won't be tossed to and fro. People leave the church because it's not right. The foundation is not right. And some people who leave the church, they leave because some people go out and tell people what I'm teaching. And they say, nah, it ain't right. It shouldn't be like that. Y'all in a cult. That's because they don't know what the word is saying. So they're going to tell people it's wrong, and they're going to let people think you can live any kind of way you want to live, and you can get behind the pulpit. No. Or you can come into church any kind of way you feel like you need to come into church. No. So I'm going to explain what I mean by people setting up ministries. Remember I mentioned you have a lot of people setting up School of the prophets. <laughs> they set up school of the prophets. One main reason they do it is to say, to um, define who you are, to define your call, to let you know what a prophet does. The word of God specifically tell you what a prophet's supposed to be doing. And see, the reason why an apostle and prophet work together, because when that apostle have the vision, have the foundation, is the architect, the master builder, builder guess what? That prophet supposed to be seeking God, even on the behalf of that apostle, and say, you know, after everything is um, in order, that prophet supposed to say, this is what God is saying for such a time as this. Thank you, on point, because you're working together. So this is why when you know how a church is supposed to be run, you will stay in your lane. You will stay in your lane. God know the timing for each person in here tonight to be where you need to be. Because guess what? It starts at home. God watches how you run your own house. 
And he ain't going to let you come in here and try to teach somebody else something and your house ain't right. You ain't doing like you're supposed to do as a mother. You ain't doing like you're supposed to do as a father. You don't want to work. You're trying to find something to make money in. Or you're trying to be exalted, and God said, that's not going to happen. That's not how I want things to be orchestrated. So understand that it's first apostles. Do not ever let nobody tell you apostles are not needed in the body of Christ. Apostles hold a specific role in the body of Christ. Without the apostles, that house is laying flat. So if anybody ever tell you they're not important, all of us are important, but first is first. First come first. If you don't have that apostle, then it won't work. My husband had reminded me of something today, and I forgot all about it. But I thank God he reminded me. When God would give me each thing that he would want to birth forth in the ministry, my husband reminded me today, he said, if you wasn't needed, we wouldn't have this church. We wouldn't have that building over there. Because everything that God gave, it had to come down from him to me for it to be put in place. And then I needed your help to help me to do what God has called me to do. So every joint supplies, but he's going to give it to that apostle and say, this is how I want this to be. Even in this building, God already gave me the vision. He gave me the colors. Everything that he wanted already saw it before I even started the process. Why? Because he's going to give it to the apostle, the one that he got overseeing, making sure that that ministry, that that church is in alignment with him. And guess who would be the one getting in trouble if it's out of line? Me, because he's telling me what to do. So suppose he tell me, okay, this is what I want you to do. And use Tyson, for example, as a deacon, a brother Rick as a deacon. And I'm saying, okay. I'm finna lay this out, and you know, we having our little meeting, and they both say, oh, no, you can't, you're not doing that. I say, there's one thing I can do, I'm gonna sit you down. <laughs> That's one thing I can do right there. I'll sit you down, because you ain't in agree agreement with me. We supposed to be on one accord. So see, this is the problem with the churches. The deacon is telling the pastor, you ain't preaching that today. And the pastor won't preach it because they're scared they're going to take the money so they don't preach like they're supposed to preach. The church is out of order. And then you got people up under the pastor um, hanging on to the pastor coattail. They want the pastor everywhere. The pastor is so tired they don't know what to do, can't spend time with their family because they don't have no help because they're trying to run the church by themselves. Ain't that something? I made up my mind. Y'all know me. You holding on to my church uh, coattail. Once you learn this word, you're on your own. We're supposed to bring you to maturity. I don't supposed to sit up there and say, Quana baby, do you need another piece of cake, baby? Quana baby, do you need some more milk, Quana? You know, just patting. No, baby, you don't have to go out there among them wolves. You a good sheep, baby. They'll tear you up. She's been in the ministry for five, six years. Oh, Quana will be dead when she go outside because I'm putting Quana in a place that she don't supposed to be in. Once you get mature with the fivefold God put in place, they shouldn't have to spend no more time with you. It's too many people that want to be babies. If you don't speak to them, they with them. Don't speak to me. People better start understanding. Better know where you are and know what your position is. So remember, when you see pastors without the apostles and the prophets, 
This is what you're going to see that church look like. The roof on the floor. The pastor trying to carry it all. That's not how it's supposed to be. God has given us order. And Jesus played every role. So that's why he left gifts in the church. Because it's him actually still in the church. When we operate according to him. And not according to us. Amen. Y'all God is so good isn't he? That close out apostle, we'll move to prophet. And if it's the Lord's will, I try to do prophet and evangelist together. But understand this, I have to say this. Do not think that I'm saying that people should not have a ministry. Joyce Myers has a ministry where she's out preaching and teaching the word of God, right? She's an evangelist. But one thing that Joyce cannot do is bury you or come to your house. To help you because guess what? She's by herself actually winning souls for Jesus Christ. So when people go to her meetings, they have to have a home. Is that not right? They have to have a home. This is what happened to people when they go up under ministries that's not set up the way God want them to be set up. They're lacking nourishment. They're not getting the proper nourishment that they need because people are trying to pull people out of the church to set up what they want to set up and it's not according to the will of God. Well, God said, this is my ministry. I have a prophet. I'm a prophet, so I'm going to set up me a church because I'm a prophet. You can't do it without the apostle. You can't do it without the other um, minister, um, callings. You cannot do it. But people think that they can, and this is why people give up after a while, and they come up with an excuse. Well, God said, you know, um, he wanted me to rest. You should have rested before you went out there and got mature. Instead of going out there grabbing people, setting up stuff, and now you don't have nobody, and they don't have nowhere to go. They're scattered because you started something that you could not finish because God didn't give it to you. So be careful when people come to you. And tell you, this is the line, how long you been at Miracle Temple? Well, I've been there about five, six years. Well, what are you doing? Well, I'm doing what I need to be doing. Well, you know, you're a pastor. And then in your mind you say, well, I knew it. I knew I was a pastor. You should be pastoring a church by now. You can go out and set up your own. That's out of order. That's out of order. You have people that's prophesying, that's prophesying lies. Because if it don't line up with God's order, you better sit still and wait on the Lord. Because God ain't going to be in that foolishness. This is why we have too many churches all around the corners. Grabbing people. Coming up with new ideas. To get converts. (laughs) And it don't last. So... This is what we're going to be teaching. Amen. Do anybody have anything that they would like to say dealing with the apostle? Because you will have a test next week if it's the Lord's will. Do anybody have anything that has, Jennifer, come on up, that has gotten your attention that have helped you to understand according to the word? With the... um I think of what brings to mind is the leadership meetings and the ones in here that have been to the meetings, you understand when she starts laying out what the apostle does, then it's like 
ding, 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 all these checklists start going off. Okay, that's why we're be, being trained. That's why she's doing this. That's why that there is an order to it, and it's not just, I mean, we know God's given it to her, but I never thought of it as being like that that was the role of an apostle, that they did these things. I just think it's really awesome that it's kind of all just coming together. And it's like a, a you know puzzle. When you put the pieces together, you can see the picture. And I think this God's given us the picture this way. What I'm getting out of the teaching is that we should have the utmost respect for what Apostle does in this house. And sometimes we have a tendency to take things for granted and take her for granted and not give her the respect that she's, you know, she's old. We know that God is first, but he placed her over this house. And as an apostle, she should get our respect and our cooperation, that we should appreciate that God gave us an apostle so that our house won't be on the ground. So we should appreciate what you do, you know, labor in the word, don't come in here and just give us anything, but to labor in the word so that we will have the best, that we will have what God gave her, and that we shouldn't take that lightly. Another thing that I want to say is, when I was telling y'all that, that apostle will suffer for the church, when you go back and read that scripture, you will see that Paul gave up a lot for the church. If the church was in need of something, Paul would lack. That's when you know you got a good apostle. If the church need and the apostle take from themselves and give it to the church, they know that God got their back. Please go over this teaching because you will know how to answer people that you talk to that's ignorant according to this, and they'll be like, wow, I didn't know that. Because guess what, y'all? We have to get things in order. The church need to be in order, and it's so much out of order, and people think that they're really having church, and they're not. Because it's not in alignment. So we have to make sure that we're in alignment with the word. Anyone else? Okay. I'll turn it over to the deacons and we will close with our offering.